Welcome to the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective on the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're not. You're listening right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me, I have the crew comprised of these fine gentlemen around me. To my left, we have my boy, Dominique, a.k.a. Cousin Damo. He is the host of Raw Sex Podcast. You can also hear him on Podbean as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Usually hear them on Wednesday nights himself and Tony Wolf. Also to my right, we have D.E.T. Dave. He is the host of the Ground Rule Double Podcast on Facebook Live. You can normally hear him Mondays and Fridays on Facebook. Make sure that you check out their Facebook page and like their page to stay up to date as to when they're going live with their episodes. You can also catch them on Mixcloud as well for their episodes of Ground Rule Double Podcast. And to my 12 o'clock light in front of me, we have my boy, J.O., a.k.a. Jason. He is a hip-hop connoisseur from everything East Coast, West Coast, Down South, and everything in between. Always pleased to have you gentlemen join me as we chop it up all over the classics. And as always, we take you back in time, and today we go back to 20 years ago, to the year of 1999, to the masterful Dr. Dre and his second studio album, named simply 2001. Dr. Dre... 2001 released November 16th, 1999 by Aftermath Entertainment, Dr. Dre's own record label. Those of you, of course, who know, Dr. Dre was a co-founder and also executive of Death Row Records. He, along with Michael Harrison and also with Suge Knight, helped pioneer some of the best West Coast albums of all time. His own debut album, The Chronic, and then also an executive producer and producer on Doggy Style. He also served and worked with his early days with NWA and then also the DOC, No One Does It Better. And then, of course, worked with groups such as the Dog Pound and other death row acts as well. Also with an executive producer of Tupac's Double Disc, All Eyes on Me. Left death row in 1996, shortly before Tupac's death, to go start his own label, The Aftermath Entertainment, and left pretty much with nothing. Left with no artists, left with no contracts, with no material, but wanted to start his own thing. And this was actually uh, a part of his offering. He's got off to a bit of a slow start with Aftermath because uh, the first couple of projects did not do very well. Then all of a sudden he signed Eminem and he also worked on this album. And in this same year, they released albums together and Aftermath took off after then, as they say, the rest has been history. So released on November 16th, 1999, recorded between 98 and 99. Runtime of 68 minutes and one second. Executive producer, Dr. Dre, of course. And then he produced a lot of the tracks here, as well as tracks by Melman, and then also tracks produced by Lord Finesse. A total of 22 tracks, and excuse me, it's co- a to- a 22 tracks, including a lot of different skits on here, which were... <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Which are always staples of Death Row and Dr. Dre albums of having these skits, and hilarious skits, Matt, I always say. This album itself has been certified now six times platinum by RIAA, 
sold 550,000 copies its first week. It was a highly anticipated album. Debuted at number two on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart. Had three singles that all attained chart success. And since August 2015, it's now sold 7.8 million copies. Um, this is an album that has definitely remained popular throughout its time of being out here. 22 tracks, but this was the second studio album seven years after he released The Chronic. And um, The Chronic, of course, the classic album which laid the foundation for Death Row as a record and Dr. Dre as a producer and then also as an artist. Going back to 1999, 2001, I know there are lots of great material on this and he has quite a few of guest spots listed on here. Of course, Eminem, who was his newly signed artist. And then you have to know Snoop Dogg was on here, made his mark on this one. Exhibit was also here. Mary J. Blige also featured on the track here as well. The last track on here, Corrupt. Other what less known names at that particular time, Hitman, who was featured very prominently during yeah. this during this album. I mean, he's on so many tracks here. He might as well. Be they might album. have. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It might as well have been his album. Also featuring uh, some appearances as well from Eddie Griffin. who had a couple of different skits on here which were hilarious Um, and then also your mama (laughs) (laughs) and then also uh, uh, (laughs) a feature from Rel as well who featured on the message as well with Mary J. Blige and there is also King T MC Ren, Cocaine also featured on this and Last but not least, Jake Steed. No. Yes. Oh, <laughs> a feature of Jake Steed, Jake which is crazy because, you know, back then I, I didn't say nobody that. actually. Hey, it's me. I didn't actually know that this was Jake Steed. I just thought it was the dude on there saying he was Jake Steed, but now nah, it's it actually Jake, Jake Steed. Yeah. Wow, man. It shows just how wild some of these West Coast artists were. They were definitely riggedy raw with it, man. <laughs> so. Yeah, raw. Riggedy raw. So. Raw sex. <laughs> <laughs> So Shameless plug. <laughs> Shameless. <laughs> so we'll get into 2001, gentlemen. We'll go around the room as far as like what your uh, thoughts were about it. So I'll actually start with Damo and your reaction upon listening to it when you first heard it back in the day and then listening to it this week, what you took from it. Well, like you said, it was highly anticipated. I remember listening to it back then. I mean, I listened to this for a minute back then. It was my, my beginning of my weed days. So it, it stayed on... Stayed on the plug oh. in my lower CD player, but listen to it again. Yeah, still, it still it brought me back to nostalgia from being young and dumb. And it's a good album. Jay, your recollections from listening to this album then and then listening to it now, what you took from it after all these years? <laughs> <laughs> People might get mad when I say it, but like, I think it was like freshman in college or something like that. Like, so along with like, he was talk, like Dom was talking about like the anticipation, like, I was a little skeptical to be honest with you. And I'm not saying, like, this Dre is whack or anything like that, but because, one, like, seven years have gone by since the chronic, and in between that time, you know, it was, like, the aftermath stuff, which really wasn't hitting like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to be perfectly honest, yeah. you know what I mean? So It wasn't. Yeah, so, like, you know, gave it a listen back then, was blown away. Like, I was thoroughly impressed with it. And I just, like, I just love the fact, like, he, he kind of, like, took the old with the new. To have like Snoop and MC Ren, Cocaine King T, pretty much like legends on the West Coast, and then bringing in people like Hitman, Six Deuce, Eminem, who's newer at the time, who just dropped some shady LP at the time. I mean, it just came out to be a remarkable album. So I could have done with a lot of them Hitman off the jump. So oh, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> so. 
way too many. I mean, yeah, it was like it was a lot. I guess remember just looking at it in terms of him, like him, like what he brought to the album. I mean, I felt he had some dope lyrics, but yeah, it was like a lot of Hitman joints. I would I would have thought it'd been more joints with him and Snoop, with him and Eminem, since mm-hmm. Eminem had blown up off the joints. So, but. That's the direction he went in. So. But, you know, we talked about this earlier, that Dre always finds a way to feature somebody on his album that you don't necessarily know about. Like, the, in the chronic, it was, it was Snoop. Snoop. Snoop was the yeah. person that became his, the, the artist that he featured. Hitman was the person on this album. On his last album, Compton, everybody know Kendrick Lamar featured on a few tracks on that on that album. But the person that he featured prominently on that album on Compton was Anderson Pack. Mm, and Anderson yeah. Pack was the, the, he introduced the world to Anderson Pack to let them know how dope he actually was. And, you know, he was, he always kind of does that. So Hitman was his guy during this particular time. And I think he was in a position where he could sort of give some folks some shine and be in the, in the position that he was. You know, he sort of gave an artist a platform to be able to shine. So I think Hitman and artists like Cocaine and Miss Rock, he sort of gave them the opportunity to sort of shine. Dave, same with you. Um, we were in the same place when this album came out and listening to it back then, what your reaction was. And after all these years when reviewing it, what you took from it? I thought it was a banger back then. As 20 years later, it's still a banger. But, you know, it's it's if you feel up to it, you spark something to that joint. Yeah, you know, it's it's just perfect smoking music. That's just what Dre did. I mean, it's the whole G Funk era thing. You know, he just revolutionized it. And every time you hear a Dre record like Explosive, mm. you know, you just your head just go. Do, 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 do. He's one of the. Do, 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 do. He's yeah, one you know what I'm saying? Like he was just so laid back. It just that's just that's just Dre. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I definitely had a thrill listening to this thing again. It was ca- it's California music to me. Mm-hmm. It's quintessential West Coast, Death Row, California, Compton, Crenshaw Boulevard, Watts. You just think about everything you think about with California. This is what this track is. Like, you know, every single quintessential thing you think about West Coast hip-hop culture, this is it. The thing which kind of gets me when I listen to this album is how much he evolved as a producer because the sound was still the same, mm-hmm. but the G-Funk sound has sort of matured a little bit, and he also started to take some elements and infused it into what he used to do that he made so popular during the chronic and the G-Funk era. It was amazing some of the things production-wise. Like his worth at work ethic, as we've talked about, has been legendary. It's been talked about some of the things, like I think it was Bishop Tuan said, how he made him record a bar, a single bar for a song 68 times until he got it right, the way that he wanted it to be said. So he worked hard and tirelessly on this album. That's the reason why it takes him so long because he's a perfectionist. And when you're a perfectionist, you get work like he comes out with this. I love the fact after listening to it back then, I was blown away sonically how great the album sounded because it was just everything, the way it was mixed. And when you hear it come through your speakers, whether you're listening to it in your headphones, to whether you're listening to it in your car, to whether you play it on a system, just comes across just flawless. And then if you look at all the people that he featured on this, and he had some great people writing tracks for him, too. I mean, he had some great verses on there that people wrote for him, obviously. But, you know, it fit well because it kind of sounded like it would be something that Dre would Dre would say when you think about some of the lyrics that Dre would spit. And production-wise, it was great. I think the themes were just up the right up the, <laughs> the alley of what you expected a Dre album to be. It was entertaining. It was funny. It was serious at times, and it was just, to me, just great. I just loved it. And listening to it this week, I was sort of brought back to those times that Dave talked about, listening to it as a senior in high school, 
and started pumping this well into the time when I was in college because this was one of my go-to albums to listen to when I want to, and what I want to listen to. Let me pop in that 2001. Yep. You know, Ooh. it was a go-to album. It's like people, you have go-to albums. This is one of my go-to albums during that, that period. Was, that, that was probably the only time a girl would fall in love with you with a bus pass. <laughs> 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 Just because you love the nigga. <laughs> Just because you love the nigga. <laughs> Oh man! So let's get <laughs> let's get to these highlights. Any lowlights and any songs that you that you appreciated more so now than you did back then. We'll just get a few. There's a lot of tracks on here. There's a lot of stuff to be pleased with, man. So I'll start with Dave. Just your highlights initially, and then you know any songs you might appreciate more so now than you did then. Uh, the Watcher, of course. Fuck you. Still Dre, I something about Still Dre with that ding 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 ding. Scott Storch. Favorite song on the cut is uh, "Explosive." I just love that whole beat and the fact that Kanye West actually admitted that he bit from the joint. That was yeah, that drum pattern definitely came. That drum pattern, yeah. I mean, it's just so many. Forgot about Dre. I ain't know about Eminem. You know, he might have had a little something on sound bombing too. He came in, forget about Dre, and just wrecked it. So the next episode, it's so many. It's just so many. Yeah. Jay, your highlights? Mm. No low lights, by the way. Mm. Well, I don't know if you want to call low. I'll, I'll get to it in a second. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for me. Okay. okay. So, um, yeah, the fuck you joint, still DRE. I'm kind of tired as far as like my favorite being either explosive or light speed, just because like, I love that. I just like how that, that synthesizer comes in with that beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, forgot about Dre. Lyrically and just beat wise, just it just felt like a love like bitch niggas. Mm-hmm. Um, that the guitar, yeah, oh yeah, man, yeah, that guitar. Yeah, like, <laughs> and then, um, and then the message, just when you actually sit back and listen to the lyrics, and if you knew the story of you know, like how Dre lost his brother back in the day, like when he was on tour, when even you didn't, well, I guess I was fortunate. I knew before the NWA movie, like what happened to him and like how tragic it was. Like to give ghostwriting credits to Royce to Five Nine for that one, like he really the whole album, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'll just say it on this one, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like to really, but Royce to really, really be able to capture that and have Dre spit that out in the lyrics, I mean, I just thought it was just just well done. I don't even want to say it's a low point, but I just feel it just like sice this man's head up a little bit with the with the porno skill with Jake Steve. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Nah, it's not even so much like it, I felt it was out of place because it definitely fit in the mold as far as like a Dre album, but. Just the fact, and I really feel this is what like pushed Jake Steed over the edge to have the confidence to think he could actually start dropping rap albums and songs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 right. And I, I, I only want I want to give credit to where it's due for the person that introduced me to that monstrosity. It's a certain I, I ain't even gonna say his name. It's a certain RA that I had when I was going to Morgan State University. Mm-hmm. You know who you are, but yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you about when when the podcast drops. So um, yeah, be ready, bro. <laughs> well, <laughs> indeed. Nah, I hear you, man. Damo, your highlights, any lowlights, and any songs you appreciate now versus uh, then? Well, of course it's me. So, uh, fuck you is one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Not, no, I was waiting to see Dave. <laughs> I mean, hey, wouldn't hey, be me hey, if I didn't say fuck what you. A, hey, with podcast name <laughs> Ross Saxon, you know what I'm saying? The watch, of course, still <laughs> Dre. Um, explosive, of course. The message. My low life is bang bang. Like I really don't like bang bang. It might be because your main hit man, but I just oh, don't really. Well, like in the terms of just him being on there, or just the fact he was on the album too much. No, no. 
this that song for real. That's probably why I don't. Yeah, I love I that beat though. The I, beat I, I like, bang, the, bang. I like yeah. the beat. It's yeah, could have did more with that. And yeah, that's about it. That's the only thing I have with that album. The one thing I have to speak about with Dre when it comes to his beats, he is almost unrivaled when it comes to incorporating guitars in his in his uh, his tracks. I mean, the guitar work on here was ridiculous. Some of the guitar work you hear on this, the bass guitar and then lead guitars, just awesome, especially in that West Coast tradition of that G-Funk sound that you hear. My highlights on the album, of course, Fuck You was a good one because Devin the Dude was on mm-hmm. that. Still DRE because that was not only a Scott Storch assisted track, but that was also a verse that was great that Jay wrote for Dre, and you can tell in the Jay's footprints are all over that, that verse. I love the big egos with the beat that was on there as well with with Hitman. Explosive, of course, because that speaks for itself. You had Corrupt with an ill verse to start off. Nate Dogg with the interlude with the, I mean, that was just great. <laughs> you Anytime you hear Nate Dogg on a track like that, it's always good. R.I.P., by the way. Yeah. And then 6-2 on there uh, on, with, with, on Explosive. And then the track just tells you like how many times people have taken that either for a freestyle track Erica Badu, we remix Bad Bag Lady off of that, mm-hmm. and Kanye took that track, the drums from that track, not just for one track that he did, he did it for two, did it for it just can't be life, and he also did it for Guess Who's Back. You can listen to Guess Who's Back, and those are the same exact exact drums. Yeah. It's no different. He maybe yeah. spat it up a little bit, but those are the same drums though, same exact drums. What's the difference? Which I'm surprised I didn't hear any of y'all say anything mm-hmm. about that. Like, what's the difference? I think was great because you had a good first verse from Dre. A great second verse from Exhibit, and then the third verse by M, yeah, which yeah, was like completely that, yeah. out of here, especially with the subject matter he was talking right. about it. And those last two bars was just set to, you know, yeah. What's the difference between this? We can start the penis, and we can <laughs> just sound it. Just don't give a fuck and see who means it. Forgot about Dre was a great one. The next episode, which to me is still a great classic track, you hear it even now the days, even in the in the the club or just out. It's great, you know, bitch niggas with Snoop Dogg, Hitman, and Six Deuce as well. The message which is a track that really meant a lot to me listening to it back then because it really did have him giving props not only just to his little brother that he lost, Tyree, but also you know there's some things in there that he was about easy as well. Right. You know, and he shouted out easy a couple of times on these records. And I really have to give Dre props for really giving easy his props on these last two albums that he put out because on his first album they weren't on the best of terms and they were definitely beefing with each other. So mm-hmm. those, those are my, my highlights um, my lowlights, I would have to say, I don't know. I mean, I like the beat with Bang Bang. I just didn't necessarily like Nocturnal on here that much. I mean, to me, I thought he was a low light. Him overall was a low light. Yeah, I don't. I don't think too many people rock with Nocturnal to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, outside of that one joint he had, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, some LA, some LA that beat was fire though. By the way. Yeah, but some LA niggas. I mean, that was okay, you know. But for the most part, it was uh, it wasn't I mean, all that. I like how they started it off. Though, like, yeah, how, like like the first bar for each of them was like an old school joint. It was giving like a, a nod to like the first one was that like far side joint. Yeah, another yeah. one like I'm straight out like, coming straight out of comp. Like um, you know, each everyone's first bar was like off a classic West Coast joint. So I, that part I did like about it. Indeed, yeah. So those are my highlights. I would definitely have to say. Overall, it was a very good offering. There are a lot of good songs I listened in here. There weren't a lot, a whole lot of album, uh, songs that I would skip, per se. I would just kind of let this thing play for the most part. 
Well, except for the porno skit, because you definitely don't want to be in the car, and then somebody <laughs> pulls up next to you, and it's like, what's going on? Like, what are you, are you watching something, or are you what listening are you to listening? something? Like, don't call for the niggas in your head. You know? Oh, <laughs> you big dick bastard. <laughs> well, it, well, it could be worse. They, they, they could be pull up you just to a Jake Steed actual song, so yeah. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> right, you could be worse than that. pretty much it, yeah. Another thing, of course, man, Eddie Griffin was hilarious on this, on the Bar One skit, and then also... <laughs> On the edu- education tr- uh, skit, you know, where he pretty much went after it's just it was it was hilarious. And Eddie Griffin at that particular time was very popular, especially yes, with was. you know with Malcolm and Eddie, and he was just starting to put out his first couple of uh, stand up specials. So, very uh, kudos to whenever you can get a good comedian he was to just go. Weekend pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to trap him; it didn't work. <laughs> but he he his real nigga. family because he take care of his real family. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to move across to notable quotables and there's a few of them on here you know any you know, quotables that you pull from this one and there's a few because there's a lot of great ones from a lot of guest spots and even a couple from dre himself even though he didn't write them but you know it was still <laughs> a lot of great a lot of great ones on here though so i actually i'll start with dave if you want to if you have a notable quotable you want to talk about something that you pulled from this album i'm actually going to take it the late great nate dog his verse on explosive. All my real dogs still kicking with me. All my damn hoes still checking with me. All the true gangsters know. Nate ain't never loved no hoe. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's just, this is outside of regulate. This is one of the things that I remember the most about Nate Dog. That's why it's so quotable to me. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you could, you could pick anything from Nate Dog, but this is, to me, I think this is quintessential Nate. You know, it's just something I'll never forget how to sing it. I'll never forget how to say it. You know, it's just something that sticks in my mind. Rest in peace to the goat, by the way. Indeed. The original hook killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, your notable quotables, if, if a couple, if you have them. All right, uh, mine, well, the first one I got, it comes off the, um, the fuck you joint. It's really, it's really the joint with Devin the dude, just like to highlight the man's crassness. And I'm pretty sure if you listen to the joint thoroughly, you know what you're about to talk about. He was mm-hmm. like, if he's like, yeah, you trying to hide it from your husband. I know you'd be knowing that your pussy pussy's been tampered with. Did you show him how the new trick of how you can make it smoke like a, smoke a cancer yeah, stick? <laughs> and then um, <laughs> they get the other drink. It was actually um a hitman verse on bitch niggas. Mm-hmm. Like, really, his whole dream was like. <laughs> I think I know what version what, what Zerg like, you talking about. He's like, I know your type. So much bitch in you. If it was slightly darker, lights was a little dimmer. Dick be stuck up in your windpipe. <laughs> and he's like. Man, he's like, get your shit bust, pistol whip, covered up, and use your bitch's blush. He was like, Mr. Powder Puff, yo, your bark ain't loud enough. I know Chihuahuas is more rah-rah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, Hitman definitely had a couple of joints on there, man, that yeah. you could pull from. He Absolutely. Was a, he was putting his foot into this album, bro. Yeah, he did. He mm-hmm. did. I think it was his shot. He knew it was his shot. Sure, I did you know? the same thing. Exactly. Anybody uh, missed. Time off. <laughs> 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 no man. Steph Curry from the three for him. <laughs> But, uh, of course, it's Snoop on Fuck You. Fuck with you on the sneak tip on some creep shit. So what you going to do, you freak bitch? You acting like you don't do dicks. That's the kind of bitch I hate fucking with. <laughs> Baby was a virgin. That's what she said. So I gave her some henny and she gave me some head. 
I fucked her on the floor so she won't mess up my bed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's oh, man. That's classic oh, Snoop. Man. Classic Snoop Dogg, man. Classic Snoop. Classic Snoop Dogg. <laughs> my quotables are from What's the Difference? And I actually have a little bit from each verse to share. He says, you see, the truth is everyone who want, everybody wanted to know how close me and Snoop is and who I'm cool with. Then I got these fake-ass niggas that I first drew with, claiming that nonviolent talking today, pit venom in interviews, speaking on reunions, move units, and then talk shit, and we can do this. Obviously, that was a, a little bit of a dig at, um, at Shug and some of the other death row camp for people who were talking talking shit about Dre. You know, he, he would hear at that point, I think he had gotten tired of just sitting quiet and not saying anything. He just finally wanted to say something about it. And then, of course, exhibit, yo, I stay with it. Why you try and perpetrate and play with it? Never knew about the next level until Dre did it. I stay committed while you motherfuckers babysit it. I smash you critics like an overhand right from Riddick. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just classic, classic exhibit type type bars that you get from them. And then of course, Eminem, I mean, this whole verse, but you know, he says, all right, all right, hold up. Stop the beat a minute. I got something to say, Dre. I want to tell you this shit right now. Why the fuck weed is in me? I don't know if I ever told you this, but I love you, dog. Got your motherfucking back. Just know this shit. <laughs> and then after Dre said this part, he said, well, that's cool. And I appreciate the offer. But if I do decide to really murder my daughter's mom, I'm going to sit her up in the front seat and put sunglasses on her and cruise around with her for seven hours to California to have a waving at people and drop her off on the corner at the police station and drive off honking the horn for her. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. This is one of the, the best parts. Raw dog, get your arm gnawed off, drop the sawed off, and beat you with the piece that was sawed off off. <laughs> <laughs> that to me, well, that's the Eminem to me. I really like the most, man, is the fact yeah. that when he first started, he was hungry and he careless. Was, you know, he was careless. He was careless reckless. On the mic. And then, of course, the last two lines. So, what's the difference between this? We can start at the penis, so we can scream. I just don't give a fuck to see who means it. <laughs> Eminem had a couple of different gems on here, man. But those are my quotables. There's a lot of different other things on here too, by the way. Um, the, of course, Eminem's verse during the next episode during the uh, during Forgot About Dre. Snoop's verse from the next episode to me was a great was a highlight as well. Corrupt first verse from Explosive, mm-hmm. you know, Captain Save Him All Day to save this dick, bitch, it, nigga. You more weird, a bitch than a bitch. Giving, it's actually weird giving props to Exhibit though. I mean, um, Corrupt. Yeah, yeah. Well, I give Corrupt his props on some things, man. Because to me, out of the Dog Pound, he was definitely the better rapper. I mean, Agreed. Daz was the was the production was the production mastermind, but to me, Corrupt was the was the highlight when it came to rapping from the Dog Pound. But, you know, corrupt with this, you know, Captain Save Him All Day, save this dick, bitch, nigga. You more of a bitch than a bitch. <laughs> Get so hitting the switch. Oh, man. It was just a lot of great things about this album. It's just a great album. It's a great listen to, man. It's a great riding album. Great smoking album. It's a great smoking album. You know, it's a great album to sort of get a laugh about. And it's great to see the work that Dre put in. And for me, I was personally happy to be able to see Dre achieve some success with Aftermath because, you know, at that point, his departure from Death Row, you know, pretty much led to them becoming irrelevant over the years. Mm -hmm. Look at what happened. Snoop's second album. Definitely a drop off, a huge drop yeah, off. Dog yeah, Dog was a drop. Yeah, from the from the yeah. first album, you saw the overall the production quality of stuff happen on Death Row dropped, and then after Snoop left and the Dog Pound left, and almost anybody else who was relevant in the Death Row left, it was almost like when he left, Suge thought that the empire of Death Row was going to be able to sustain sustain itself without its architect. 
He was er- he was that arrogant. He thought he was powerful enough that it would be able to sustain itself without Dre, and it couldn't. Because after he left, anybody know any notable death row pro- projects that came out after Dre left? I mean, only the stuff he had with Pac, but yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, and it's it's. But other than that, though. Suge thought that he could do this and he could do it without Dre. He's like, oh, don't matter. We still got Daz. It's like, yeah, Daz is a good producer because he did a lot of good work in the mid-90s. But, I mean, honestly, man, it's not really a big comparison between Daz and Dre. I mean, Daz is nice. He's but. nice. No, he's a, he's one of the most underrated producers, especially when you talk about West Coast producers. Daz is sort of like you got to put him in the same vein when it comes to him, when it comes to DJ Quick and Dre, he's like pretty much like right underneath that tier. Quick is underrated by himself. No, absolutely. We can have a whole other conversation about how dope DJ Quick is and the work that he's done and how slept on he is by the masses and how great some of the work he's done. But, you know, Shook thought that he could take the death row empire. It was strong enough to stand on itself. And he was proved wrong, you know, because now. Damn you, immediately. Immediately, you know, it didn't because, I mean, look, look who left, man. Snoop was like, look, man, if Dre ain't producing, then dog, I'm out. If the same thing with the dog pound, if they're not doing this, I'm out, you know? So, and that, that, you take his departure, you take Tupac's death, and the fact that Chug had to end up going to jail for violating par- par- uh, parole or probation. And that is the end of death row. And that was the end of death row right there. So, man, but. One of, one of the ones I really say, like, suffer, like, right after that was, man, like, and it was really a letdown for me, even though she's lyrical, Lady of Rage. Mm-hmm. Lady like, of Rage. Man, I was, rage, man. Man, like, I was definitely looking forward to hearing, hearing a, um, Another a Dre album. Yeah, I mean, like, Necessary Roughness, but, like, with Dre on there producing, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, but that didn't happen. I mean, you had some producers on there, but it wasn't. It wasn't Dre, you know what I mean? Right. Like, so, and because all of us got hyped off, you know what I'm saying? Like the Afro Puffs joint and um, her joint, so and I'm um, stranded on death row, like everything leading up to that. But then when that happened, and she just, I guess, I remember, I remember her collaboration with Gangstar, though. Yeah. Um, was that Microphone Punk Hot? Yeah. yeah that she did it twice because she, she did that one and then she did another one with him. It was like the West Coast version of Militia. It was her, Dub C. Was it MCA? And, no, no, no. It was her. It was. Dub C, and I think it was corrupt, mm. like the militia part, like two and a half or something like that. I yeah. gotta look into that. Suge thought that he could sustain the Death Row Empire, and when Dre leaving, even though Dre struggled initially with Aftermath, he found the right piece with Eminem. Then finally released his album, which was great, and then eventually gave Eminem the tools to be able to produce himself, which led to Curtis the Jack. signing of, of Fifty, and then the emergence of G Unit, which took them. And their music eventually ended up taking this to the next level where Aftermath is so big now, where Aftermath is bigger than Death Row ever was. And his legacy in regards to not just him doing what he did production-wise, but then also with starting beats and partnering with Jimmy Iovine and creating that relationship and fostering it into something even better than when he initially left Death Row. So now we get to the point where we are. The test of time to see how it has survived the test of time. Is it certified, borderline, or adjusting its time? And I guess this is another one of those unanimous. <laughs> Do we have a unanimous agreement? Those, all those who dissent say nay. <laughs> Looking around the table. Yeah. Listen for crickets. <laughs> no. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is to me, this is as good as the chronic, no, but it's damn good. It's, it's about as good as you can get from Dr. Dre after the chronic. That's what the great thing is about this album is that it was great. 22 tracks, not a whole lot of filler, because even the songs that weren't as great were short because a lot of these songs are less than three minutes for a album with 
22 tracks with a runtime of just 68 minutes and one second. It's just the perfect length that you have for a track that, for an album that long. The singles, of course, as you know, still DRE, Forgot About Dre, the next episode, and then The Watcher, which was out there, which they also even did a version of The Watcher on the Blueprint 2 with Jay-Z, which featured Dre, Eminem, and then also Rakim. Certified classic, we agree. After listening to this album, is great. That is the Dr. Dre's uh, second studio album, 2001, was originally supposed to be called The Chronic 2000, but after the Death Row owned the rights for the original Chronic and also made a collaboration album called Chronic 2000, they decided to call this simply 2001. So there it is. 20 years later, Dr. Dre's 2001 album released on Aftermath Entertainment. Make sure you go check it out at any one of your digital platforms that is available on Apple Music and anywhere else that you can find it, please go listen to it again. It is a great album to listen to and something that you can enjoy. And that's going to wrap it up for another yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you check us out on our host, Podbean, vaultcmr.podbean.com. You can also download, stream, and subscribe to The Vault CMR on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We appreciate all the support. And if you have a friend, make sure you tell a friend. And if you tell that friend, make sure they tell a friend. Also, if you're in the DMV and you're interested in doing a podcast, make sure you hit us up on IV Creative on Facebook. Also, you can hit us up on Instagram, IVECRE8 at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Instagram as IVECRE8. It doesn't matter whether you're just getting started or you're looking to improve your current podcast. We work with anyone. And if you are in the DMV, we do come to you. We are mobile. I want to remember everyone to check out Dominique's Raw Sex podcast on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, usually releasing on Wednesday nights. You can also check out the Ground Rule Double podcast on Facebook. You can check them out usually on Mondays and Friday nights on Facebook Live. Also, can check them out on Mixcloud. And of course, I want to thank my boy J.O. for being here, for lending his uh, perspective on hip-hop. As always, it's always appreciated. In closing, we always want to remind you to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at I-V-E-C-R-E-8. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.